That's right. There you go. That's right. Uh, it's wonderful to be with you all uh, here today in God's house to receive from him, as always, his word and, and sacraments. Let's stand together and greet each other in the name of the Lord. And members, if you see somebody that you don't know, please go say hi and shake their hand and welcome them today. <clears throat> Good morning, and welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. I am Parker Shane, your announcer for the sixth Sunday after Epiphany. The Reverend Jake Slutton will deliver today's message. Assisting in the worship service is the organist, Mrs. Courtney Slutton, and the acolytes are Lizette Bott and Michael Hazeman. Today's order of service is at www.trinityradio.com. Radio broadcast for today is sponsored by the funds donated to the radio ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church and dedicated to the glory of God. Taking your seats. May Let's God bless us as we worship together. Dear Lord Jesus, we are thankful today for this day, this Lord's Day. Lord, this is the day that you have made. And Lord, help us by your Spirit to rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, we thank you that none of us are here by accident, that none of us are here by chance. For, Lord, you have called us here by your gospel, by your spirit, so that we might hear with our own ears and digest, Lord, with our own hearts uh, these words of love and comfort and peace and hope that you so graciously have provided for us. And now, Lord, we ask that as we worship you here, as always, that you would give us a zeal this morning for your house of worship. And Lord, truly better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Please stand. So we make our beginning this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching Him, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, poor miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities, with which I have ever offended you, and justly deserved your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them. And I pray you of your boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor, sinful being. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. 
So then in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our opening hymn today is Alleluia, Jesus is Written, Risen on page 474, verses 1, 2, and 3 of the Lutheran Service Book. I will praise you with an upright heart. Blessed are those whose way is blameless. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies. You have commanded your precepts. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O Lord, graciously hear the prayers of your people, that we who justly suffer the consequence of our sin may be mercifully delivered by your goodness to the glory of your name. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Our Old Testament reading this morning is from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 17, verses 5 through 8. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. This is the word of our Lord. Praise the Lord, all nations. For great is his steadfast love toward us. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. At this time, it is that moment for all the young disciples who were here today to come forward for the children's message. Uh, now is a good time to bring up your offering, your mighty mites as well. Our special music today, or our special speaker today, is Vaughn Hansen. You guys can turn around and face me, please. What? Oh. God. Thank you. Well, you're fine. Okay. All right. How are we today? Good. Good. Okay. I have a question for you. What does it mean to be blessed? What does that mean, do you think? Like, just what's the first thing that comes to mind? Like, if you're walking down the road one day and somebody says, Hey, Cordell. How are you? And you say, man, I'm blessed. What does that mean? Okay, good. Yeah, God has taken favor. Good. All right. What else might that, might that mean? Grace? That you're happy? Okay. What else might that, might that mean? Anybody? What else might it mean to be blessed? Yes, Jackson. Fun. Okay. All right. Keenan? What? Yeah, that, that you're just feeling good. Okay. God is perhaps happy with me. God has uh, shown his favor upon me. Okay? Well, 
In the gospel text for today, uh, in, there are two instances in uh, the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, in which we see Jesus, he is about to begin uh, a sermon, and he's outside, okay? And in Matthew, the, the sermon is said to be on a mount. Well, in Luke, it is called the Sermon on the Plain, and that, that's the one that we're going to be reading about here in just a few moments. But he begins his sermon with sort of what can be sort of called like a doorway, something that you walk through in order to get to and to understand the rest of his sermon. And that doorway is oftentimes called the Beatitudes. Okay? And Jesus goes through and he talks about, and he is talking specifically to his disciples, right? And he says to them, blessed are you, blessed are you, blessed are you, and blessed are you when these certain things happen to you. Okay? One of the things that he talks about is blessed are you when other people, he's, he uses words like revile and, and make fun of. Okay? Blessed are you whenever people revile you and make fun of you because of me, because you're standing up for, for what I have taught you as my child. Okay? You are blessed. Why? Because I, the Lord, am with you. Okay? I wanted to know, because sometimes I can be kind of a nerd like that, right? Okay? I wanted to know what that word blessed meant in Luke. So I went to something called a Greek-English lexicon. Has anybody ever, ever seen, seen one of those? It's a giant book. Big, 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 big book. It would be great for a doorstop. Okay? It's a huge book. Right? And I looked up that word for blessed. And do you want to know what that word means? Similar, actually, to something that Cordell said. It means to receive divine privilege. Okay? It means to receive divine privilege. Not just any privilege, but divine privilege. Uh, uh, specifically, privilege from God. And so that's what we're going to be learning about today, is that we are united with Christ, right? We have been baptized in him, baptized into his name, and because of that, we are united with him, and thus we receive the blessings of the kingdom of God, the forgiveness of sins, uh, rescuing from, from death and Satan and giving us eternal life. Okay, so that's what it means to be blessed, uh, and specifically to be blessed by God. All right, so let's put our hands together. And please repeat after me. Dear Jesus, thank you that you have blessed me and that I am united with you. We love you, Lord. Amen. Thanks for coming up. You guys can go back and sit with your folks. Our epistle reading this morning is from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 12 through 20. Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God 
because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. This is the word of our Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the sixth chapter. And Jesus came down with them and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, who came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all the crowd sought to touch him, for power came out from him and healed them all. And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven, for so their fathers did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you shall be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you when all people speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. This is the gospel of our Lord. Our hymn of the day is Jesus Sat with His Disciples on page 932 of the Lutheran Service Book.
Do all pray with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace and mercy and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's meditation is the Gospel lesson from Luke chapter 6, in which it is Luke's account of the famous Beatitudes from Jesus. Uh, but what I want to do is I want to encourage you to have, you have your pew Bibles in front of you. In just a moment, we're going to kind of be looking through some of the previous chapters of Luke very quickly. So if you will take your pew Bibles and open them to the Gospel of Luke. I don't know what page that it's on. When somebody gets there, will you holler out the page? The Gospel of, of Luke. Just start with uh, chapter 1. Actually, start with chapter 3. 855, okay? 855. So if you have one there, please open there because that, that's going to help us as we kind of go along here this morning. If you look at Luke chapter 6 from, where we, from what we just read, Jesus lists out his Beatitudes. He talks specifically to his disciples and he says, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. For so their fathers did to the prophets. The question before us is, what is it exactly that these four Beatitudes have to do with us here today? And I say that because just so that we can be perfectly clear, and kind of like I said to the kids that were up here just a moment ago, sometimes they get really, really nerdy, and I want to know what a specific word in the Greek means. And in this case, as is in every case, it was really, really helpful. The word for poor literally means economically deprived. It doesn't mean here, unlike in Matthew, it doesn't mean here poor in, in spirit. It means literally economically deprived. And as I thought about that, I thought, well, how can I preach that to us here today? There's not very many of us who are poor. I once heard a missionary say this. He said that if you can look down at your own shoes and you can say that you, that you bought them, you are wealthier than about 70% or more of the world's population. So that one maybe doesn't apply to us here specifically, perhaps not all of us. The next one was, Blessed are those who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. It doesn't mean, in the Greek, again, that word for hungry, doesn't mean hunger or thirst for righteousness. It literally means that your belly is empty and you want to eat. I once heard the same missionary say that if you know where your next meal is coming from, you're not hungry. And my guess is, is that many of us here today, if not all, all of us, know what we're going to be doing for lunch. And so the question before us then is, okay, if these ones don't, now we know that that third one does, that third beatitude applies to us. 
Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. We've all cried before. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, revile you, and spring your name because of me. I'm sure that most of us, if not all of us, have been there before in some way, shape, or form. So the question before us then is, well, how do these Beatitudes apply to us? And in order to answer that question, I, I need to take you back a little bit in the Gospel of Luke, and that's why I had you open your pew Bibles, because you have to sort of see that Luke, just like every other gospel writer, Matthew and and Mark and John, every one of them wrote their gospel for a specific purpose. Yes, every one of them wrote for a specific agenda. They have a specific goal in mind that they want to accomplish, that by the end of their gospel, that the people who had heard it and the people who have read it will understand what that is. Matthew, in his gospel, makes his goal pretty well known. The very first chapter, the very first words are a lineage, a genealogy of Jesus. Matthew wants to show his readers specifically, who are Jewish, That Jesus is, in fact, the Messiah, that he is, in fact, the Christ, and that he is the Messiah and the Christ, the anointed one that has, that was to come and has come. The Gospel of Mark, likewise, also has a very similar agenda. His Gospel is a little bit shorter, but he wants to give you, I guess, the the highlights of Jesus' ministry. And then we come to John. And the Gospel of John... John tells you what his agenda is at, towards the very end of his gospel. He says, there, he says that Jesus had done so many other things that he had seen that if there was a record kept of all of them, there wouldn't be enough books in the entire world to contain them. And then he says, but these things, these things that I have written in my gospel were, were written for one reason, so that you would believe that you would believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and also by believing you may have life in his name. That Bible verse is actually right there, at least the references. John 20, verse 31. And so we come to Luke. What is Luke's agenda? Well, let's find out. We find out very early. If you go to chapter 4, verse 18... Jesus says he he has gone to his hometown of Nazareth and he finds the scroll of the prophet Isaiah and he unrolls it and he reads this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Me, the one who is standing before you. And then a little bit later, you see it there in verse 21. He rolls up the scroll, hands it back to the attendant. All of the eyes of the synagogue are fixed on him. And then in 21, he says very boldly, very brashly, but also very correctly, today, in your hearing, has this scripture been fulfilled? Is he calling himself the Lord? Well, yes, he is. Yes, he is. Let's keep going. Go to verse 36 of the same chapter. 
part of the... So he, he gets done here. He goes down to Capernaum, and he sees a man there with an unclean spirit. And in verse 35, Jesus rebukes the spirit and says, Be silent and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him down in their midst, he came out of them, having done him no harm. And then in verse 36, the demon knows... I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, they see this happen. And they were amazed and said to one another, What is this word? For with authority and with power. Two things that God has. He commands the unclean spirits and they come out. Making his case. Let's let's keep going. Verse 41. He leaves the synagogue, enters Simon's house. He heals his mother-in-law. And then in verse 41, and demons, I'm sorry, they... They, uh, they brought to him many who were, who were sick, who had demon possession. And demons also came out of many, crying this, You are who? The Son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew that he was the Christ. Even the demons know who Jesus is. He continues to make his case. Go to chapter 5, verse 8. We read about this story a few weeks ago. Jesus calls his first disciples. He tells Simon to go ahead and let down his nets for a catch. Simon says, well, we haven't caught anything all night long, but at your word, I will go ahead and let down the nets. He lets down the nets. A large catch of fish is brought in so much so that, there were, that, they, that the boats were beginning to sink. And what does Peter call Jesus in verse 8. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Continuing to make his case. And then finally in chapter 5, verse 12. While he was in one of the cities, there, there came a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord. If you will, you can make me clean. So Luke's point thus far in this gospel is very, very clear. His agenda is crystal clear. He's proving to his readers that this man Jesus, that this entire book is about, that this entire book was written for, is not just some ordinary dude. He's not some ordinary man. This man is, in fact, the Lord. And that's a big deal. Because it's going to come in later as Luke goes on in his gospel. And if you have ever read Luke from beginning to end, you will notice that same theme. Jesus goes around and he does what? He goes around healing people. He goes around feeding people. He goes around um, exercising demons from people, all because he is restoring them. He is the Lord. He is the one who has the power to do that. This man, Jesus, is Lord. Okay, great. So now what about these blessings? How does Luke continue to make his point with this story? And so Jesus says to his disciples, as we read, Blessed are you who are poor. Blessed are you who are hungry. Blessed are you who weep. Blessed are you when people revile you on uh, because of my name, for my sake. And so why does Luke include this story? Well, 
We're going to allow Scripture to interpret itself. If you want to go into your pew Bibles, we're going to keep going. We're going to start with Galatians chapter 3, verse 27. So why does Luke include this story? Well, for as many of you, Paul says, as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. You were baptized into Christ. The next one is John chapter 15, verse 5. The famous passage in which Jesus says this, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me... And I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. He is the vine. We as the branches are in him. And then finally from Romans chapter 6, one of my favorite passages in Scripture. Romans 6 verses 3 through 5. Paul is crystal clear. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Verse 5, For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Scripture is very, very clear that we, as children of God, because we have been baptized into his name, are in Christ. Put another way, as Paul says so well, we are united with Christ. And so this is where the answer to our question comes. What do these Beatitudes have to do with? With us. We are united to the one who became poor for our sakes. The Bible says that he who knew no sin became sin, became poor for us. We are united with the one who spent 40 days and 40 nights with no food. Remember when Satan, when the Spirit leads Jesus out into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan, he hadn't eaten for 40 days and for 40 nights. It is that Jesus that you and I are united to. We are united with the one. We are united to the one, to the vine, in whom, he, in, in whom it was he that was hungry. For our sakes. We are united with the one who wept at the death of his friend. Remember Lazarus. Jesus knew what it meant to experience profound sadness. Jesus knew what it meant to shed tears upon the death of loved ones. It is that Jesus that, as God's word says, we are united to. He is that vine that we are in. And we are united with the one who personally knew the depths to which the human condition would go and revile him. In case you forgot, the crucifixion 
And Jesus' torture was a very unpleasant scene. Remember that, that he was beaten, that he was mocked, that he was scourged. I do not recommend taking your children that are very little to go see The Passion of the Christ, that movie that came out years ago. But that scene, if you've seen it, is accurate. And if you haven't seen it, I encourage you to go see it. Beaten so much so that the skin was being ripped from his body so that he couldn't see. So that when Satan comes beside him, and I thought that this was, was just an incredible um, uh, point that Gibson does in that movie. He is being beaten. He is, he, is, he is tied down, and he is being beaten. And Satan, you sort of see him come walking by with this sly grin and smile on his face, almost as if to say, if you want it to end, I can end it. But of course he doesn't. And then after that whole scene is over, they take him over and they place, not not just place, they smash down a crown of thorns upon his head. And then he is forced to carry his own cross to the place of the skull. Remember, and we're going to talk about this when we get to Lent, that's the whole purpose for the season, remember that it was you who should have had the skin ripped from your body. Remember that it was you who should have carried your own cross. Remember that it was you who should have been nailed to that cross. And remember that it should have been you and me that eventually died for our sin. But no, we are united with the one who took that upon himself. We are united with the one who became poor, who became hungry, who was reviled and spat upon. We are united with that Christ. We are united with that Lord, with that God. And we are united with the one who upon when he breathed his last, the soldier looked up, and this is in Luke 2, again, sort of bringing his case full circle, that Jesus is Lord, and it is that Lord that we are united to. The soldier looks up after Jesus has died, and he says, surely this man was innocent. The soldier knew. The soldier knew at that point that Jesus is Lord. Now, just to sort of bring this full circle in your pew Bibles, hopefully you kept them open. Go back to Luke chapter 24. At the very end of his gospel, he brings his agenda back around. Luke 24, verse 32. It is is the account of those who walked with Jesus on the road to Emmaus after his resurrection. And this is what Luke records that those disciples say. In verse 32, they said to one another, did not our hearts burn within us while, we talk, while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven, and those who were with them gathered together, saying, what? The Lord has risen. The Bible is so cool. 
And so Luke brings his agenda full circle, and they say, The Lord has risen and indeed has appeared to Simon. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord. And this is what those blessings have to do with us, is because we are united with that same Lord, that we are united in water and the Word with that Christ, with that Messiah, with that Anointed One. And because we are united with that Christ, we receive all of the blessings of the kingdom of heaven. We have received the kingdom of God because of He who was poor, who became poor for our sakes. We have been satisfied with His Word because of He who became hungry for us. In Revelation 21, it is this Christ and this Messiah and this Anointed One that says there will be, at the end of all things, at the last day, there will be no more crying. There will be no more weeping. There will be no more tears. For the old order, for, for the old order of things will have passed away. And the Messiah and the Christ and the Lord says, And behold, I am making all things new. You and I are united with that Lord who makes all things new. You and I are you you and I are united with that Messiah, with that anointed one, with that Christ. The same Lord whose body and blood that we will take part of in just a few moments reminding us through things that we can smell and taste and see and touch that we are united with Christ. And as Paul says just a couple of chapters after that, and there is nothing, he is is convinced that there is nothing on this earth that will separate us from Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. We now confess together the words of our Christian faith. We do so using the Apostles' Creed. It is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. At this time, we will gather our tithes and offerings. Uh, In the pew that you are in is a red sign-in book. So whether you are a member or a guest with us, we would appreciate it if you would sign that book so that we uh, know that you were here to worship with us. With that, we collect our tithes and offerings. These radio broadcasts are made possible by the donations to the radio ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church. Please contact the church office for help.
The mission of Trinity Lutheran Church is the preaching, teaching, baptizing, and sharing the love of Christ in our church, our community, and our world. Trinity Lutheran School TEA Carnival is March 8th. Uh, dinner will be served at 5.30 p.m. Games will start at 6 to 8.30 p.m. The silent auction will be from 6 to 8.45, and the live auction begins at 7 p.m. Everyone is invited. A men's Bible study meets at 8 a.m. each Wednesday morning in the narthex. Several ladies' Bible studies meet during the week in the surrounding areas. For more information, call the church office at 417-235-7300. The Lutheran Hour is our church's witness to the public marketplace. Today's message is Enter His Labor, Speaker Rev. Dr. Michael Ziegler. What would you do if your world was all-powerful? Jesus started a conversation with an outsider, John 4, verse 1 through 42. We now rejoin the congregation during the worship service. Let us pray. Lord, we are blessed with the riches of the kingdom of heaven because of you. You became poor for us. You were hungry for us. You wept so that in heaven we would not. You were reviled so that we would receive mercy. Thank you, Lord, for abundantly being our blessing. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, for our school, we thank you. We thank you that you have graciously blessed us with more families who are seeking a Christian education. Continue to bless us with the truth of the, of the gospel. Continue to go before us and light your path of truth. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we pray a special prayer for all those who are in need, the sick, the sorrowing, the lonely, the injured, 
and the dying. Lord, we especially pray for all those on our health list. For the family of Myron Reed, who passed away this last week. We pray, Lord, for Melba and for Lanny and for Janice and Myron and Carol and Oren and Ethel and Joan and Addison. For Steve and Becky and Wayne and for Bob and Mark and for Lauren and Gary and for Bob and Emma. For Brenda and for Rose Marie, for Arlene, for Bob and John and for Mary Ann. For Debbie and Ellie and for Mary and Fred and Lisa, Ramona, Maxine, for Catherine and for Jen. And Lord, we pray especially for all those that we know who are suffering, that we name before you in our hearts. <clears throat> Lord, we pray that Jesus would ever be their health and sickness that he would be their peace, their joy, and their life. Lord, in your mercy. For the leaders of our nation, for all public servants and all who serve in the armed forces, that they be given grace to fulfill their varied callings with honor, with courage and wisdom and integrity. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we pray for all who draw near this morning to the altar not merely to touch the fringe of the Savior's garment, but to partake of His very body and blood, that this sacrament may be to them for the forgiveness of sins, for courage in resisting temptations, for service in Christ's kingdom, and finally, as a pledge of the glories of a life that has no end. Lord, in Your mercy. Into Your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in Your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly meet, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you. Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, for what had been hidden from before the foundation of the world, you have made known to the nations in your Son. In him, being found in the substance of our mortal nature, you have manifested the fullness of your glory. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, 
Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communion, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm with each communicant that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians you confess, I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament, and under the form of the bread and wine, I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith and life. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also we took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Please stand. And now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith until life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen. Give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us through the same, in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord be with you. Blessed be the Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. closing hymn today is Alleluia, Jesus is Risen, verses 4 and 8 on page 474 of the Lutheran Service Book.
And just a few announcements before we close with worship today. First of all, uh, with Presence Day being tomorrow, there's, of course, no school, and the office will also be closed uh, tomorrow in honor of Presence Day. St. John's Lutheran in Stones Prairie, their men's club, invites everyone to their annual chili and potato soup supper on Saturday, February the 23rd. That's at 6 p.m. The church annual for 2019 is being updated. Please check last year's copy, and if you or any family member's address or phone number has changed, uh, please call the office or leave correction in the mailbox outside the office. Please review your contribution statements. Last year's books will be closed at the end of February, and after that time, corrections cannot be made. That is underlined for me, so just so that you all know. Um, The LWML Ladies' Aid will have a mission work day on Monday, February the 25th, beginning at 9 a.m. in the Fellowship Hall. And then finally, as we mentioned in in our prayers, Myron Reed, our brother in Christ, has gone to be in his heavenly home with his Lord. Uh, He passed away on February the 14th. There will be a graveside service for him at Pennsboro Cemetery. Did I say that right? Um, In Miller. Correct? Or is it... Is it, it's outside of Miller, right? Okay. I haven't ever been there before, so I'm kind of relying on, on, on folks. Um, but that is this coming Tuesday at 10 a.m. So if you would like to join us there, uh, again, that is Pennsboro Cemetery at 10 a.m. on Tuesday. And between now and then, I pray that you all have a very, very blessed week. It has been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you are not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this radio broadcast on www.freistatradio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you and His mercy be evident to you in all things. Your announcer has been Parker Shane.